This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. He is the founder and CEO of Beanie and Blazer, Brandon Walker. Welcome to the show. Mark, thank you very much for having me. Now, I've got to ask you, because when I saw the name of your company, Beanie and Blazer, I went to Beanie Babies back in the 80s. I don't know why my mind went there, but I'm pretty sure you have nothing to do with Beanie Babies, right? Yeah, no, that's correct. We uh, we don't do anything with actual beanies or blazers or beanie babies. Uh, okay. A little bit of a misnomer. <laughs> okay. So what is uh, what is your company all about? Yeah, so we effectively, we create creators. So we work with entrepreneurs, artists, musicians to help them build up a mindset that's based around values, habits, and mindset uh, to help them accommodate what the human side of creation, because uh, so many entrepreneurs get really fixated in particular on the hard skills that need to be learned to run a business. And they have a tendency to fall into states of burnout or losing their sense of purpose, disconnecting from family and friends. And so we're looking to holistically train people on how to produce really cool stuff and impactful stuff without sacrificing the other parts that make us human. I love that you create creators because here's the thing, whether we realize it or not, everyone is a creator because you're creating your own life. And the difference is, and tell me if I'm wrong, a lot of people are not doing it intentionally. They're just, they're just wandering through their day doing whatever, and they're not stopping and being intentional about what they're creating. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think uh, one of the most important things that we do, and it's not just a, a facet of Beanie and Blazer in general, is we help people find clarity of their core personal values and their life's purpose. And so all these decisions that we make and the relationships that we carry and the way that we talk to ourselves is all really reactionary based on mood, based on external circumstance. We have the election going on right now, and that's creating a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. And so the idea is to pull it back under the hood and recognize what you have ownership of and really effectively manage that without being so fundamentally challenged by external sources. You know what I did on election day? What's that? I did not check the news at all, all day long. I, I have clients I have to serve. I have content I have to create. I had an episode for the Mark Stuchowski podcast I had to do. So it, look, it doesn't matter who wins. We still have things to do every day to serve the people we need to serve. And when people are obsessed, whether you're whatever side of the aisle you're on, they're obsessed with the news and the politics and the election. I just want to ask them, like, you know, how did that make you feel? First of all, because you mentioned mindset. How does it make you feel to make you feel good or to make you feel horrible? And how much work did you get done? And I, I'm a big proponent of staying, staying informed, but not obsessed. So know what's going on. But we all have work to do. We can't create when our mindset is negative, when we're uh, full of anxiety. And so I didn't watch the news at all on, on uh, Election Day. Well, good for you. You're a stronger man than I. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you hit the hit the nail on the head. At the end of the day, the world keeps spinning, no matter whether it's your candidate or the other candidate. There's still work to do. There's still people to serve. And so getting incredibly fixated on it isn't probably doing anybody any justice. Exactly. Now, I want to talk to you about something you said that I really uh, like what you said, the human side of creation. Now, I'm sure you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. He's a, a big proponent of, look, there's nothing new under the sun, okay? 
productivity, social media marketing. There's nothing new. And he's a big proponent of documenting instead of creating. Because when you document, you're sharing your own journey. I'm not the only productivity expert in the world, but I'm the only one with my very unique journey and style. So let's talk a little bit about the human side of creation and what you think about what Gary says. So I want to take this in a couple different directions. Number one, the idea of documenting versus creating, I think is brilliant because it turns the creator into the, the, the source of creation, right? So when it's based on your own perspective and experiences, no matter who you are, it's going to bring a unique perspective to market. And so that's an asset that we all have available to us that nobody else does. It's an immediate differentiator. And there's a guy that I subscribe to on social media. I've taken some of his courses and, and part of his community. His name's Jack Butcher. And he has a uh, brand called Visualize Value. And he talks a lot about the idea of selling your sawdust, which is as you create or produce or work or whatever, literally cataloging the things that you're doing, whether via video or time-lapse videos, uh, essays, and being able to share the process with people because the process, the how things get done is, is really enlightening for a lot of folks who look for aspiration or inspiration from other parties. So that's one piece of it. Um, the other piece is when we talk about productivity, one of the cornerstones of Beanie and Blazer, and uh, we have a product called the Mindset Accelerator, which I partnered with a PhD of neuroscience from the UNLV med school and an executive coach to put this curriculum together. And uh, it's a six-week course. We're actually in beta with 12 students right now. It's really exciting. It just kicked off this past Monday. But one of the foundations that we stand on is this concept called the P3 model. And basically what it does is it breaks down a person's perspective into three layers. There's the person, the performance, and the production. And there's a bit of a misnomer, especially in Western society and capitalism, where the first thing we do when we introduce ourselves to somebody is tell them what we do for work. We anchor so much of our identity and our self-worth on what we've created, what we've produced. And when you start looking at life through the lens of highly, highly production-oriented, and you fail to take it a step down in the P3 model where you focus on your values and you focus on your holistic well-being physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. When those things start disconnecting, you're, uh, you're high, you have a higher propensity to experience burnout or a loss of self-identity. Um, you start building for other people instead of for yourself. And so when I think of somebody like Gary Vee, who is really, really good at getting people going from zero to one to get some momentum going, but it really is living in that high production layer. And one of the caveats to what he pushes out there, and I'm a huge Gary Vee fan for what it's worth, but one of the risks is people start to anchor so deeply into that production layer that they fail to start or continue seeing themselves as a values-based person and somebody who needs to experience multiple dynamics of what it means to be alive and awake. That's very interesting what you just said, because I think it's really easy, especially with social media, 24-7, 365, it never turns off. It's really easy to get trapped because I see a lot of people who are like a hamster in a wheel. They, they're they not going anywhere, but they're working really hard. And 
I've talked a lot about this on my show. I believe Pareto's principle is alive and well, every aspect of it. I think 80% of the people on social media worldwide are struggling. 80% of the people are hamsters in the wheel. 80% of the people are like, what's going on? Only 20% of the people are like the Gary Vs. And it's really easy to get trapped, but it's also very easy, I would I would argue, to get out of that trap, but it all has to start with intention. Are you just on autopilot? Are you just going through the motions or do you want something more? And I I think if you want something more and you look at what you're doing, like this is not getting me to where I want to go. What do I need to do? And I think because the world is going 24, seven, 365, we don't take time to stop and go, okay, wait a minute. Is what I'm doing taking me where I want to go? You can't do that on the fly. And I, I think that we need to take time to stop, to like turn off the electronics, get away someplace, someplace quiet, maybe get an old-fashioned notebook and a pen and start jotting down what you want to accomplish out of life. Do you agree with that or do you think I'm off base? No, no. I, th- I think you're absolutely on target. I think uh, there's even one step that precludes intention, and I think that's clarity. And to your point, stripping out an old notebook and just jotting down, what do I want? Who do I want to be? The first step, we call it calibrating your personal compass, right? It's it, without a compass and you're an explorer, you're, you're, you're in a bad position, you know? Yes. Um, and so it's very comparable. Like you said, it's, it's easy to work really hard without making much progress to be the hamster in the wheel. And so getting clarity over one, your values, like how you want to show up for yourself and for other people. And then tangential to that is what are the goals that you have set for yourself derivative of your values? And when you can have, we look at those as a map and a compass. When you have those things integrated, it becomes a lot more obvious who you should be spending your time with. If the job that you have is the right job for you and your aspirations, if the activities and the time that you spend when you have passive free time, is that enabling or acting counter to what you actually want for yourself? And if you can't take the time or haven't taken the time to identify with those things and asking other really deep questions like, do I live in pursuit of something amazing or do I live in avoidance of some fear pattern or some insecurity or limiting belief? And when you start to stack those things on top of one another, it actually, to your point, becomes really easy to identify where you should be saying no to things that you may be taking on right now and where you should double down and expend more of your energy and focus. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day. Get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. I want to make sure people don't miss what you just said. Who you spend your time with matters. The late Charlie Tremendous Jones used to say in five years, you're going to be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. Who you hang around really matters. So if you want to, like you and I are both runners, I run every single day. And if I hang around people who are morbidly obese, who all they eat is, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, chips and French fries and pizza and Coke, and they never exercise, well, that's going to influence what I do. Right. On the contrary, if I hang around people who are runners, swimmers, bikers, they're physically fit, they watch what they consume, that's what I'm going to do. And people go, oh, it really doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. And it's not just your friends. And I think people make this mistake all the time, Brandon. 
It's also your family. If you're hanging around with your family and your family's got really bad habits, you are probably going to pick those up. So be very cognizant. Who are you hanging around? Because whether we want to admit or not, we are being influenced by people in person and in the virtual world. And you got to be very careful what you allow into your, your conscious. Man. Yes. I, I love your enthusiasm around this. Uh, the concept of tribe building is one of my favorite concepts to talk about. And so I, when I, when I was playing basketball in high school, we had a coach or our head coach, he, he told us about this phrase Ubuntu and uh, it has a lot of popularity now, like a lot of tech companies have started to adopt it. But at the time, it was pretty revolutionary for us when we're you know, 16, 15 years old. And the idea of Ubuntu is it goes back to African culture and tribalism. And it's the concept of leveraging the people around you, the resources that you have available, pooling those resources, whereas we are so accustomed to in Western society being really individually focused and individually minded. And so... Within Beanie and Blazer and the Mindset Accelerator, when we talk about tribe building, there are three elements that make up a tribe. And again, it starts with understanding your values. But when you are intentional about creating the group of people around you, ideally you have a group that is mentors and leaders who can help you accomplish your goals. So it's not unconditional support, unconditional love. These folks are, uh, sorry, my computer to shut off for a second. These folks are uh, there to help you accomplish a goal. So they have experience and credibility in the tasks that you're trying to accomplish. The second facet is your unconditional supporters. And these are oftentimes family. But to your point, family can have a lot of bad habits and traumas and deep-seated stuff that starts to mitigate your ability to leverage that in a positive way. And so it's being intentional and finding friends and people who can be there to pat you on the back, to give you a high five, to give you a hug, tell you it's going to be all okay. And the third part that often gets missed in tribe building is you have to remove the negative naysayers from your tribe. Yes. And so we liken this to climbing a mountain with a bunch of extra luggage. If you're going hiking, you want to be lean. If you're going backpacking, you don't need to carry around 14 books or 36 cans of soup or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's the same thing when you're keeping people who are toxic or practice habits that are counter to what you want for yourself. It is a massive drag on your ability to find yourself and to perform to the best of your capabilities. You want people who are going to benefit and boost you. And in reciprocity, you serve the people in your tribe similarly to how you would expect them to treat you. Yeah, those naysayers and those dream killers, these are the type of people who, when you ask them what their goals are, they're like, well, I want to make it till quitting time, or I want to make it to Friday, or hey, I got a three-day weekend. You don't want to hang around those people because they are their visions are so short. You know, look, we're not promised another hour, another minute, another second, but you got to have big dreams. I love what Jim Collins wrote about and built to last. We all have to have BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. And these goals, these BHAGs should be so scary that there's no way you could do it right now or next year or in five years. But when you have a BHAG, it drives you. If your goal is to make it to the weekend or to quitting time or to lunchtime, that's not going to propel you to your biggest dreams because the, the dream, I don't even think it's a goal to make it to five o'clock. It's not, it's not a dream. It's not a goal. <laughs> right, it shouldn't right. be anyways, but you're right. There are so many people who are full of negativity 
and their naysayers and their dream killers. It's one of the reasons why I left Twitter. That's one of the reasons why I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I want to hang around people who are cheering me on, whether I have a good day or bad day. They're always saying, Mark, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I don't want to have hear people say, well, you know, you know, you've got a podcast. You've been doing it for three and a half years. Why don't you have downloads as Tim Ferriss? Well, first of all, my name's Mark Stuchowski. It's not Tim Ferriss, okay? I'm not Joe Rogan, although we both had bald heads. I'm my own self. And I think another danger that goes along here with maybe tribe building is this compare this disease we have of comparing ourselves to others. We look at other people and go, wow, they're so much further ahead of us. I guess I'm not that good. No, they're, you're not them. They're not you. And we got to stop comparing ourselves to other people. Right. I absolutely. I think uh, that, that comparison, it, it invariably pulls you away from what your own values are. And, And we all fall victim to it, right? Like, as I build this business, I follow a lot of entrepreneurs and bootstrap founders and people that I want to emulate who have successful businesses. And it's really helpful because I learn a lot of lessons from them, but I do find myself falling into the snare of, well, he was able to do that in three months and it's been six yep. months for us. What's what's going on here? And uh, to your point about you're not Tim Ferriss, you're not Joe Rogan, that is something that gets lost on a lot of people because we start to derivative of social media and media consumption, we want to emulate more than create. And when you fall into that imitation paradigm, you're losing some of that uh, special sauce that makes you you. And so it's a fine line between leveraging comparison for feedback and constructive criticism and a model to emulate and actually adopting that identity as your own and feeling a sense of dissonance and failure compared to that other person. One of the things I've been I've been talking a lot about on especially LinkedIn is the the fallacy of the overnight success. Okay. The typical overnight success takes between 15 and 25 years. The problem is, and this goes back to comparing, we look at a Gary Vaynerchuk in 2020. We look at a Brendan Burchard in 2020. We don't look at where they came from. Uh Gary Vaynerchuk's not even from this country. He lived in the very poor country of, of Belarus and came over here. Couldn't speak English. We don't look at that. And that's why I am so fascinated with people's full story. I know Gary's full story. I know Grant Cardone's full story. I know Tony Robbins' full story and Brendan Burchard. I think it's fascinating to find out how people rose to where they are. But the problem is so many people in our world today, they just look at the, well, it's not really a finished product, but the refined product. And I think we need to go back and if you admire somebody, go back to find out where they came from. I guarantee you their journey started pretty similar to yours, unless they're a trust fund baby. And I don't think there's many of them around the world anymore. Right. I, uh, you know, what's a really interesting paradox is we love rags to riches stories. So when you hear some of these stories like, you know, Tony Robbins, I think if I remember his story correctly, his mother was an alcoholic, right? And uh, Gary V, to your point, coming over from, you know, international areas. So we love these rags to riches stories. It becomes part of their brand and part of their identity that people start to associate with them. But then there's this really curious thing that happens that you identify, wow, they're from very similar circumstances that I am. And for some people, that's incredibly motivating and it gets them to start moving and say, well, I can probably do that. But going back to Pareto's principle, 80% of people will look at that and say, 
well, it's Gary V. Of course he was able to make it out of that. I'm not Gary V. I can't do that. And so you have this really interesting juxtaposition that even though there's proof that you can transcend some of this, Kevin Hart's another one, you know, from a poor area in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and he's become who he is. A lot of people look at that and they're still afraid of the journey because they, they apply that person's success to something that they have that you don't have. And in reality, all that is, is probably clarity and a lot of work that anybody's capable of putting in if they just put their mind to it. You're serious about your online business. I am too. That's why I proudly host my website on Kajabi. It's everything you need all rolled into one platform. For more information and to try Kajabi free for 14 days, go to the link in the show notes or go to markstuchowski.com forward slash Kajabi. That's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. Yeah, and I think what we need to pay attention to these people who are very successful is we need to figure out, find out what they're doing, okay? We're looking at what they're doing in social media, but especially with Gary, who has a camera phone around everywhere, well, he used to before COVID hit, you find out what he's doing. He's always moving. Now, I look at Gary and I admire him, okay, except for his potty mouth, but I admire what he does, but I don't want to work 18 hours a day. And I don't have to work 18 hours a day. What you need to do, what I need to do is figure out, okay, how much do we want to work? Okay. So I know how much I want to work, how many clients I want to handle. And yes, I may never be a controlling That's okay. That's okay. Gary talks about this all the time. As long as you're happy. And I want to talk about happiness in just a few minutes here. But I think the point is, is you need to figure out what you want to do. Now, obviously, like me, my wife and I are empty nesters. If you've got four kids at home and you're homeschooling and your your in-laws are moving in, well, you got a different way of living life. You need to take a look at what you, the situation you have and you need to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to get there with the circumstances I'm dealing with? But you cannot compare yourself. Gary's got a wife and two kids. He's very well off. But if you're just starting out or maybe you're furloughed because your business got shut down. My wife lost her job because she's in the travel industry. Okay. Uh, well, now you, well, we can't do what Gary's doing. We got to figure out how we do what we're doing here. And everyone is unique as your fingerprint. So you can get motivation from people like Gary, but you got to look at your own life circumstances and find out, okay, how do I build what I want to build starting from what I already have? Right. I totally agree. Um, and you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, you, you raise a good point about, um, it, it's just about what makes you happy. Like if you don't feel the need to become a quadrillionaire or whatever the number you used, I really like that. Uh, <laughs> then you're right. It's about lifestyle engineering and lifestyle design. Like what is it that you actually want for yourself? Again, it, it anchors back to clarity and values, not to be redundant, but I think that is the first step for so much of this. And people make this mistake of, uh, we call it pr- like projecting a, a false, a, a false projection of reality or a false permanence of reality. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is people will say, okay, well, I don't want to work 18 hours a day in perpetuity. And so therefore I'm not going to take this action or I do really want to rest and chill out. And so therefore I'm only going to work six hours a day, four hours a day, whatever. But the thing is, in all reality, it fluctuates. It's seasonal. You know, it it may be worth it to really dig in and stay up all night for three nights out of the week to get a project over the finish line. That doesn't mean that you have to work 20 hours a day in perpetuity. 
And so because people anchor to this idea of this projected false permanence, it's not permanent, it's seasonal. And so you can allow yourself to have those ebbs and flows without marrying yourself to some new identity that you may not actually want to adopt for the long term. Yeah. And a prime example is 2020. We have the thing called COVID going on and a lot of people have pivoted properly and other people don't still, still in November, 2020, this thing's been, we've been you know going through this issue since like late February, early March. They still don't know what to do. They're binge watching Netflix or they're watching the news all day long. And they're, you know, they're staying up all, all hours of the night. They're sleeping in, they're eating crap food. It's like, Really? Seven months later, you, you, you know, you, you got to pivot. Yeah. You lost your job. That's great, but you're not dead. And I, I'm shocked the number of people that are hoping it's all going to go away to go back to life as normal. We may be going back to life as normal in uh, two months, six months, two years. I have no idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the point is we're not there yet. And if you're not going to pivot, well, you're going to be losing a lot because you're, you're counting on the world magically replacing COVID with your fantasy, which isn't going to happen. So if you're struggling right now, as you listen to our conversation, you need to pivot. And if you need to pivot, how are you going to pivot? Because everything's going online now. The tools are out there, but you have got to, like you talked about, Brandon, have clarity and values and, and be intentional. Okay. You, you, it's no one's going to do it for you. You have to decide, okay, my old industry has gone away. I'm going to pivot. This is how I'm going to pivot. But if you're just waiting for someone to do it for you, it's not going to happen. I uh, I think that's such a good point. And it's something that anecdotally I, I've run across a lot. One of our initial theses when we were starting Beanie and Blazer, because uh, I think I've shared this with you, but probably a little bit of context may be helpful. I led sales. So I was a senior vice president of sales for one of the fastest growing companies in the country. It's a, it's a beer app called untapped. And so I spent six years running a team of 45 different, you know, 45 salespeople with different backgrounds, college grads, high school grads, previous work experience, fresh out of school, whatever. And so when COVID hit and we had to usher a round of layoffs, which was definitely the hardest part of my career uh, up to date, but obviously it was not just us. Um, I identified really quickly that people were going in one of two different directions. And I liken it to the wealth gap that's uh, predicted to be impacted by COVID. You know, the wealthy get wealthier, the poor get poorer. It was almost the same thing from a performance or a productivity standpoint. Like I saw some people were like, okay, cool. I have downtime for the first time in in my adult life now to reconsider what it is that I want, where I want to go, to think about the right job, the right place and geography for me to live, who I want to associate with. So you have class A who recognizes the opportunity for what it is, is grabbing it and making big life changes to accommodate the new world that we live in. In contrast, you have class B, which is exactly as you described, video games, Netflix, stubbornness, victim mentality. Oh, this isn't me. It's the world is going down. I'm just going to chill and ride this out. And so when, when we look for potential students or potential customers for the business, we're absolutely looking for people who went on the A track because those are the folks who need a little bit of guidance and support to help them facilitate this new pursuit that they want to go on. Whereas class B, you, you, you can lead a horse to water, right? And, and then you can't make them drink. So 
we're very intentional about looking for that subset of people that are sort of the antithesis of what you just described because they have some momentum and proclivity for, for momentum. And that's so important when you're at this place where there's not a ton that we actually have control of from a macroeconomic and epidemiological perspective, but you have a ton that you can control. And that all starts with fundamentally how you think and how you behave. Yeah. Look, we're going to get past this COVID-19 at some point. I don't know when we are going to get past this. And here's my biggest fear, Brandon, and, and you just alluded to it. There are going to be people when COVID goes away that have been doubling down like you and I are to do what we have to do to serve people to get better. And, and then there's other people who took the, the B track and we're going to be light years ahead of them. And they're like, why are they so far ahead of us? That's because you were binge watching Netflix during COVID and we were working. And so when COVID went away, which it will be eventually, you're going to see all these people far in the distance and you're going to wonder what, what are those people? Are they, are they, are they Martians or what are they? No, it's <laughs> us because we are not, we're on the A track. We're not in the B track. And so I'm, I've been trying to encourage people. Look at, you're never going to get an opportunity like you have right now. And we're already seven months into this thing. What are you waiting for? I mean, now is the perfect time to launch a podcast, create that YouTube channel, write that book, create that course. You are never going to get the opportunity you have right now. So stop wasting it. Go do something because when COVID goes away and we go back to normal, you're going to be so far behind the game. It's going to be sad. And I, I think to to support that that narrative right there, it's even if even if the person doesn't have aspirations to be a creator as you and I are, that's okay, obviously, right? Like you need you need leaders, you need followers, you need people playing all different facets of the game. But at a bare minimum, you know, everybody has some emotional baggage, some intellectual baggage that they've been carrying around that this is a great opportunity to flesh some of that stuff out and get rid of old bad habits. And so at a minimum, I believe that people should be doing a heck of a lot of self-reflection right now. And no matter how good it feels to sit down and watch TV or play video games, that there's, there's no way to actively self-reflect and have a conversation <laughs> with yourself when you're consuming somebody else's content. Yes. And so something as simple as sitting outside and getting some sunshine and taking a journal out or downloading uh, Calm or Headspace, just anything to get you more familiar with who you are in the old format and who you are in this new paradigm, at a bare minimum, that at least helps set the table for when the world starts coming back online, being able to be more intentional about how you invest your time and energy. This has been an incredible conversation. We talked on a lot of topics and I am even motivated. I get motivated from every one of my guests. You're no exception. So uh, people are obviously want to find out more about you. Where would they go to do that? Yeah. Um, so you can check us out on Instagram. It's at beanie, like the hat and blazer, uh, all spelled out one word, no, no spaces or anything. So at beanie and blazer on Instagram and you can check out our podcast. It's called Beanie and Blazer Radio. Uh, we break down high-performance insights and best practices from entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, uh, and help break them down in a similar way that we did on the show today. So uh, if you're interested in getting a little bit more, those are two arenas that you can learn more about how we serve people. Excellent. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time. Mark, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. 
And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.